I want us to talk this morning about how we should now be living. You know, we've, uh, we're about to hear, I believe, um, more news about the lockdown and some of the restrictions that we're about to go into. So for us here in Melbourne and Victoria and Australia, things are kind of shaky at the moment and things are really rocking and really uh, moving around us and no one really knows from one day or one week to the next what's going to happen. But I believe that in the midst of anything that's going on in the world, in the midst of any of that, we should actually know how to live as God wants us to live. And I believe that every generation and every person on the planet uh, that is called by God actually has an opportunity to respond to a divine call of God on their lives. And it's an opportunity for all of us right now to choose to live a life that is worthy of that calling that God places on our lives. Now, you may not, you may be watching today or later on when you replay this, you may be watching and go, well, I, I don't actually know God, but that doesn't mean you're not called by God. And God's just waiting for you to respond to that calling. Every single human being on this planet has an opportunity to respond to a divine call. And as we live in such, you know, unsettled times right now, with such a global nervousness, I realize and we understand we all have needs right now. We all have crazy needs around us, things that are churning away, things that are things that we thought were so settled and so secure are suddenly taken out from underneath us. But you know, we've got the word of God to go to. And so I want to remind us of some scriptures that we can we can uh, think about and meditate on. Matthew 6 verse 33 says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things or all these needs shall be added to you. So I believe that in these shaky times, we can actually walk in God's purposes now. Regardless of what we're what we're experiencing, regardless of what's going on around us, regardless of the emotions that we feel and the the fear and anxiety that might be coming against us, not really knowing what's coming next, we can actually walk in God's purposes now because we've got to understand there are always God's purposes happening on the earth. So there are two lots of verses that I want to read out and they'll be our anchoring scriptures for what I want to share this morning. The first one is Acts 13 verse 36. Acts 13, verse 36. For when David, okay, so this is a particular point in time. For when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his fathers and his body decayed. All right, I want you to remember that one. And then we're going to go to Matthew 25, verses 1 to to 13. Then the kingdom of heaven will be comparable to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were prudent or wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the prudent took oil in flasks along with their lamps. Now while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. But at midnight there was a shout, Behold the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the prudent, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the prudent answered, No, there will not be enough for us and you too. Go instead to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they were going away to make the purchase, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast, and the door was shut. Later the other virgins also came, saying, Lord, Lord, open up for us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. 
Be on the alert then, for you do not know the day nor the hour. Okay, that's a pretty strong passage of scripture to read right there, but I believe that we can actually walk in God's purpose right now. I believe every generation has inherent within it the DNA that is necessary to impact the course of history. I believe that history should record us as a significant generation. God chose you and I to live right now in the midst of this worldwide pandemic, in the midst of global unsurety, in the midst of a recession, in the middle, whatever you want to say about what our circumstances look like right now. God's chosen you and I to live right now. You know, every generation, when you read back over the word of God, you can see that every generation experiences turmoil. It doesn't matter what time of history you go into, there will be some form of turmoil, either just happening, just brewing, or just just finishing. And so every generation in that moment has an invitation from God to leave a legacy and to live out a life that is grounded in truth. And I think now when I look around what's happening right now with COVID-19, that there is a desperate need for you and I to serve God's purpose in our generation. I think more than ever before, we have to really tune our ears to that principle. Let's, let's make a choice. Let's make a decision to serve God's purpose in our generation. Because God is always wanting to his, his purposes to touch other people. This is what serving God's purposes looks like. It will always touch other people. It will always link us to other people. And it will always impact the next generation. So when we serve God's purpose, there is always a link from that generation to the next generation. It's always making way for, for the future. And we see that with David. Like it's a significant scripture that I just read out, that he served God's purpose. And after he'd done that, when he had done that, at the time that he had finished that, he had fulfilled it, he'd run his race, he'd finished his race, then he fell asleep or then he died. So he fell asleep after he had served. And he established something that went on for future generations. He impacted eternity. It's amazing when you read back throughout the Old Testament and you read about the kings that followed after him, the kings of Judah, the kings of Israel. He actually became a standard for what a king should look like. It talks about in, in 2 Kings 18, talking about Hezekiah. It said he did right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. And then about Josiah in 2 Kings 22, he did right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the way of his father David, nor did he turn aside to the right or to the left. So you see the impact that one man's life had. I love this. Every time I read the Bible and I realize this is an actual human being, just like you or I, his name was David. His name was that. He had a name and heaven knew his name. He was a sinner like you and I. He did terrible things like many of us have done. And yet heaven knew his name and heaven endorsed him. And heaven allowed him and gave him the, the blessing and the honor of making an impact in not only his generation, but in the generations that followed. And so when you read on throughout the Old Testament, you realize that every time Israel experienced revival, it reflects refers to how worship was revived according to the order of David. 
When David established worship, that's what would be restored when there was revival. Every time the, the good kings would ra- be raised up and they would bring in revival and are coming back to God, there would always at the same time always be an establishment of, the, of David's order of worship. So his name was referred to even there. Isaiah talked about the mercies of David. And even Jesus was called the son of David. So guys, oh man, I get excited. I feel like I want to stand up. Anyway, I won't because the camera won't, it won't work. All right. Listen, everyone, there is a time that is marked for us to serve his purposes, God's purposes, just like David did. You know, last week I referred to the scripture and I'll refer to it again, Ephesians 2.10. For you and I, we... The church, you and I as individuals who make up the church, we are his, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Why? For good works, which God prepared beforehand so that you and I would walk in them. Now, when we read that and when we hear that, let's be careful not to misinterpret good works. Good works isn't so much about doing, although show me faith without works and you'll show me faith that you, there's just dead faith. There has to be works that goes with our, with our faith. But it's, it's, it's more than just going around doing stuff to try and please God. No, it's about being. It's about being who God wants us to be. You know, people watch our lives. People are watching our lives, Brahms and my lives. God is watching, uh, people are watching your life. They're watching your responses to things. They're watching your words. They're watching my words. They're watching our belief systems. They're watching right now in the situation that we're in, they're watching what we put our trust in. Did you realize that? You know, over the years, we've had so many people in our church, people that we've never talked to about difficult situations that they know from afar that we've gone through. We've never told them anything behind the scenes of what's been going on. But years later, they've said, you know, we've been watching you and Bram. We've been watching how you've responded in that. You know, this is, this is how we need to be living out our lives. The Bible says, Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. These are powerful principles for you and I to to live in. If we really want to serve God, then we need to recognize that it's not just about doing good works, but it's being. It's being people who will exemplify and show the life of Christ in our lives. So we need to be ready to do his purpose. Yeah? You and I need to be ready. If we want to be people who walk in these good works that God has prepared beforehand for you and I to walk in them, and believe me, even now in COVID-19, in lockdown, who knows if we're about to go into stage four, who knows what that's going to look like. We don't even know for how long that could be. No one knows. No one knows what's going to happen to the economy of the world. No one knows what's going to happen to our own personal economies. No one knows what's going to happen to the economy of Australia. We, we've been always historically such a strong, economically strong nation, no one can answer that. None of us can. But right now, there are good works prepared beforehand, even in the midst of all of that for you and I to walk in. Now, remember, people are watching our lives. So we've got to be ready for his purpose. All right. Now, let's go on to the next scripture that I read about being filled with oil. And what that passage is, and you can go back and read that later on. What it really is saying to us that you and I as believers always need to be ready. You and I always need to be able to understand the times. 
God wants us to be people that can understand the times. He wants us to be waiting, to be watching for the coming of the Lord in that unknown hour or day because no one knows. No one knows. And we don't want to find ourselves excluded. Sorry, Brahm's making lots of noises on his chair over here. (laughs) This is live. This is awesome. All right. So the message in that parable, the message in that passage of Scripture is, I'm coming, ready or not. Jesus is saying, I'm coming, whether you're ready or not, I'm coming. So we need to be ready, okay? And when we read that scripture, we remember that oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And oil, when it's, uh, as, the, as the person of the Holy Spirit, is what will cause us to shine with the fire of God and with the light of God for people around us. Everything that God gives to you and I, let's remember that, is not only to get us to heaven and to walk with him in eternity, but it's so that we can live out our lives here for other people. Please let's remember that everything we have now is to be lived out for people. Otherwise, when we become Christians, when we give our life to God, why don't we just get zapped and go straight to heaven right then? No, because God has a purpose for us to be here, to be a light here on the earth, to live out the light of God by the Holy Spirit and live it out for other people, putting our focus on other people. So the moral of the parable is that we as believers need to be awake We need to keep our lives constantly filled with the Holy Spirit and we need to be ready for his return. This is our purpose. All right, so I'm going to read from, rather than try and uh, paraphrase, I'm going to read from one of my favorite mentors' books, Kevin Connor. This is what he says about the parable. In verses 4 to 5, we have the distinct difference between the wise and the foolish virgins. The foolish had lamps and oil in their lamps only, but took no extra vessel with them. The wise had lamps and oil in their lamps, but also took extra oil in the oil vessels. It was this extra vessel of oil that made all the difference. They had an extra supply of oil. The lamp has been seen to represent the human regenerated spirit the spirit of the believer, and the oil in scripture symbolizes the Holy Spirit. What is the lamp, though, without the oil? No oil in the lamp means no light shining from the lamp. So remember, the lamp represents the human regenerated, born-again spirit, yeah, the spirit of the believer, and the oil symbolizes the Holy Spirit in us. No oil in the lamp's lamp means no light shining from the lamp. The human spirit which is regenerated by God, born again by God, needs the oil of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the oil in the lamp of man's redeemed spirit. He's what causes us to shine. And the difference here is that the wise virgins actually had an extra supply of oil. Now that's the the key to the parable right there as we read it. So this is what I want to say to us today. If we are meant to be a light, then we should be shining something amazing right now. Amen? There should be something so powerful coming out of our lives right now. Now, I know many of us are going through difficulties. I'm, I'm fully aware. I'm very kept up to date and briefed on all the different hardships and difficulties and uh, trials that are facing people. But I'm so blessed to hear that in the midst of trials, these people are still shining brightly with their trust in God, with their love for God, their love for other people, and their trust that God is hearing their prayers. And so if we are meant 
to be a light, that's how we should be being a light, regardless of all the circumstances and the turmoil. Remember, every generation has turmoil that they go through. Every person has personal situations that we go through. But we are called to serve God's purposes in our generation. And one of those purposes is to shine the light of Christ in the midst of our trial, in the midst of our difficulties, in the midst of what we're going through. So if we're meant to be a light, then I can tell you what our purpose is not to do right now. And this is something that's kind of been troubling me and, 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 and disturbing me a little bit. So I'm going to speak a little bit like a mum here today, uh, out there to internet land. But I want us to remember this, Melbourne Life, okay? Our purpose is not to spread fear, suspicion, mistrust, speculations, rebellion, uh, and display a lack of submission to authority. Rather, we're meant to live out a life of stability. There's meant to be a peace and a truth displayed in us, which is displayed in our concern for others. Okay? We're not meant to be people. If we're meant to be a light, then we're not meant to be having a purpose that would spread things that are not pertaining to peace, truth, stability, and concern for other people. And we need to remember our words give us away. So let us remember in this season, in this time, our words are very important right now. And I just want to say this, you know, and I, I, I look at a lot of social media. I'm looking at people. I've got a lot of people that I know from overseas, Christians from, you know, 40, 45 years ago, almost 40 years ago uh, that we know. And I watch them now as they, as they, as they speak on, on the Internet. I, I must admit I'm a little bit shocked at what I'm hearing, what I'm reading, and what I'm seeing. And I want to put it out there. Do, do you know how selfish and hard Christian sound when it comes to the subject I've noticed this with the subject of racism and now with COVID-19 how selfish and how hard when people are saying they're Christians how hard they sound when all they talk about on social media is this conspiracy behind the conspiracy which is clearly behind another conspiracy okay now let me say this and I'm going to put this out there. It doesn't take a profit to see that things are shifting and shaking right now. Remember I read a while back from Matthew 24. In the last days there will be wars and there will be rumors of wars. And what did Jesus said? He said these things must take place. And then he says, but see to it that you are not frightened. But what I see is so many fear-filled posts from so many people saying that they're Christians, and I'm talking Christian leaders, Christian ministers, people who have been doing this longer than Brahman I. And what I see is they're spewing out so much speculation and so much fear-based stuff, and, um, and so much of it is speculation. And you know what? It doesn't matter to us. In fact, I don't want to hear about it because it doesn't matter to me. You know why I say that? Because I'm not of this kingdom. You and I are not of this kingdom. Will there be a one world government? Yes, the Bible tells us that there will be. Will there be all these things that are coming along? Yes, the book, book of Revelations tells us things. But you know what? You and I don't have to prove anything. Remember, this is in the context of being the light. This is in the context of the, of the oil of the Holy Spirit, of having extra oil in us ready to burn brightly. And I feel like some people have got a little bit off track on what that really means. But you and I, we don't have to prove how right we might think we are right now. Now, I know of people who are trying to be prophets right now. 
they're actually quoting that scripture in Matthew 25 about the ten virgins and the five foolish and the five wise. And they're taking the whole principle of being filled with oil as if it means to be alert and full of knowledge and insight as to what is about to attack us next. Guys, we don't need that. We've got the book of Revelation to tell us what's about to happen. What is fresh oil? What does it mean to have the oil of the Spirit of God in us? It's not so that we go and hibernate and become our own little uh, self-protection and we we go into bunkers and we look after ourselves. That's the antithesis of, of living out the life of Jesus Christ here on the earth. Being filled with oil means that us as believers need to be ready, but it is the how that we are being ready that matters here. How are you and I being ready? Is it in propagating and being more focused on the the knowledge of so-called guarded, hidden, deceptive truths? Or is it in doing God's work? Now, I know this is controversial, me saying this, but I really feel it has to be said. I really feel we have to align ourselves with truth at this point in time. We cannot let fear come into us. Jesus said these things have to happen. But don't see to it that you are not afraid. Now, it's one thing to be afraid. It's another thing to spew out our fear over all the internet and, and, and spread that fear and, and all that anxiety to every single other per- person. God wants to fill us with so much love right now. He wants to fill us with the truth and the power of the Spirit of God. So, you know, how are we being ready? Is it in mouthing off? You know, I've had people send texts to other people. They're not from our church. I'm not talking about anyone here. In our church, I'm, these are things that I'm seeing on the internet and hearing from third parties. People using that very scripture of Matthew 25 saying, we've got to be ready. We've got to have our oil filled. We've got to know what's going on. We've got to understand what's going on with Bill Gates. We've got to understand with what's going on with COVID-19. We've got to understand about the pedophile ring that's happening in Hollywood. Oh, my gosh, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. There are so many. Guys, let's get a grip. Come on. We're here with a purpose. We're here to serve God in our generation with the purpose of the Spirit of God. And the purpose now is to be filled with the Spirit of God. So are we just mouthing off or are we building people up around us? You know, are we ready? You know, there are so many Christians. Okay, I'm going to get on to another bugbear of mine, okay? Here's another one. There are so many agitating Christians that are focused on the Antichrist. What that means is the anti-anointed one, which, by the way, is coming out of the religious system, not the world. The anti-anointed one is going to be like the Pharisees in Jesus' time. It's coming out of the religious system. They're the ones that are going to hate us the most, not the world. The world is desperate to see Jesus. There are so many of these people that are focusing on this and, and drilling down and spewing out that message and fear-mongering to people and confusing people when we're actually meant to be focused on the true Christ, on the real Christ. What does Christ mean? And we learned this last year in our series. The anointed one. He is. The, Christ is, is the Greek word for Mashiach, which is the Hebrew word for Messiah, which means the anointed one. 
And you and I are now living from that place of his anointing in us. So there should be power in our words and our actions. And you know what? As far as Brahma and I are concerned, as far as our eldership, our pastors, our leaders, that's all we're focused on. We are focused on that true power. The complete antidote to the antichrist, I can tell you now, is the Christ. The complete antidote isn't understanding all the stuff that's going on with the antichrist. The antichrist is going to do it. We can't stop that. Our focus should be building ourselves up in the anointing and knowing the person and the power of the Holy Spirit, who is Jesus Christ. Amen? Wow. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. He is the anointed one. And the fact is the Antichrist is coming and we can't stop it. These things must happen. They will take place. But the truth of the matter is that the spirit of Antichrist has been here since Jesus was here. It's nothing new, guys. He's always been here. So let's remember the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit to be in us and it's also to be upon us as his people. And this is what we learn in DMS. I want to encourage you guys, get back into DMS, get a refresher, get a fresh impartation, get your mind and your mindsets back in aligned with the truth. Because you know what? Mouthing off doesn't bless anyone and it won't make us a prophet. But living and moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe that is the bigger challenge right now for every Christian. That is the bigger, the bigger challenge right now. It's the power that only he can give to you and I. But we can't move in that power and we won't be able to do that when we are engulfed in fear and we're engulfed in suspicion. And the Bible says really clearly that perfect love casts out all fear and is the only basis of faith. Faith works through love and perfect love casts out fear. So we need faith to demonstrate power. And guys, this is where the church, the church has to head. We have to believe God for supernatural power and miracles to display and to demonstrate who Jesus is. We need Jesus, the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit coming and backing up his word and demonstrating his word in power. That's what you and I need. And God's work is not to be wasting our time consumed with things that are already obvious. Remember? What did we read is the first scripture? Seek first. Matthew 6 verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all your needs, all your other stuff that you need will be added to you. All right? So let's live out of what should be overflowing from us. This is how we do this. There's already an anointing in you and I to be a blessing to people. So remember, our words matter right now. Your words matter. And it seems to me like there are more words being spoken out on social media than there are person to person. So let's make sure on every public platform that we go on that we're speaking words that build and words that bless and words that encourage and strengthen. The Bible says, minister grace to the hearer. Whenever you speak, speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. This is how the scriptures, this is how Paul exhorts you and I as, as disciples of Jesus, how we are to live. Let's build one another. I saw more hatred in that when, when we were talking about racism, I saw more hatred online. And it was mainly in, in the antagonism coming from people overseas that profess themselves to be Christians it's it's quite extraordinary to me it's quite extraordinary to me you know knowing the evil that is going on does not make me ready knowing the evil and understanding what's going on behind the scenes does not make you and I have extra oil ready for our lamps 
Okay? You don't get the oil of the Holy Spirit from knowledge. You get it from the person of the Holy Spirit. Oh, my gosh. What makes me ready is how dependent am I on the Holy Spirit and how filled am I with his presence? Because judging by some people's words on the internet at the moment, it doesn't appear to be too much at the moment. So let me finish with this. Let's believe that God is going to begin to show us things. We can expect that God is going to show things for, to us and we should have an expectation to see things for ourselves. Let's go to Jeremiah 29 verse 7. And I want to read the scripture to you. Jeremiah 7, 7 to 9. Talk about a perfect uh, principle for right now where Melbourne is at. This is what it says, and I'm reading from the New American Standard. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Wow. Kind of feels a bit like that at the moment, doesn't it? Lockdown, exile, one and the same, I'd say. And pray to the Lord on its behalf. Why? Because in its welfare, you will have welfare. In other words, this is a city that God has placed you and I in. This is where we're living. None of us can leave right now. We're stuck here. This is where we live. This is where we work. This is where we eat. This is where we have family. This is where we have community. But God is saying, I want you to pray and ask him, ask God to bless the city. Because when the city is blessed in its welfare, you will also be blessed. You will also have welfare. But listen to the next bit. It says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets who are in your midst and your diviners deceive you. And do not listen to the dreams which they dream, for they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. All right? So what is Jesus inviting us to do right here through this scripture? What's the principle here? He's basically saying, I want you to, I'm inviting you and I'm asking you to look beyond your own needs and I want you to put your eyes on other people. As you pray, you pray for the city. Yes, you've got, he's clearly acknowledging in that scripture, you've got your own needs. But as you will pray for the other people's needs to be met, you will find that your needs will be met. Huh. Pretty similar to Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and then all these needs will be added to you. All your needs will be given back to you. What does it say? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added back to you. So Jesus is inviting us to put our eyes on other people. I'm telling you, it will be our saving grace and it will stop our heart from growing cold, which the Bible says clearly in Matthew 24 that our hearts and 25, they're the two chapters you want to read if you're talking about the end times. It'll stop our hearts from growing cold and from growing hard. And the second part of that, verses 8 and 9, it says, Be wary of false prophets who deceive. And, you know, once again, in the last days, and we didn't read that scripture today, but it's all there uh, in, the, in those chapters if you want to go back and read. But there will be many false prophets who will come and who will deceive you and even do signs and wonders. But be very careful who and what you're listening to, guys, okay? This is my admonition to you right now. I'm hearing things. I'm seeing it. I'm reading and seeing exactly the same things. We're not ignorant. I'm pretty well up to date with what's going on. I listen, I subscribe to a lot of things, a lot of media outlets, a lot of different things. I'm up to date with what people are saying and what people are thinking. But you know what? My focus is on him. My focus is on God. And my focus is on living out the purposes of God in my generation.
So let's be careful what we're listening to and don't be deceived because anything that makes you self-focused and fearful and suspicious, guys, that could be and quite possibly is a wrong voice. All right? There are so many false prophets nowadays who are making us look at our own rights first, looking at demanding our own rights and not prioritizing others. Don't get sucked into that. You know this whole thing about wearing masks? Guys, get over it. Who cares whether it's right or wrong to wear masks? I'm just thankful that you honor Brahmanai enough to put your blinking mask on when you're near us and talk to us. You know, I'm just thankful that when my husband, who's 65, goes into the supermarket, other people have respected him enough to be wearing a mask. Now, whether the virus is real or not real, it's really of no concern to me. But let's live out our lives and let's honor what our government and our leaders are telling us to do right now. So let's not get sucked into what false prophets tell you, what they see and what they prophesy. Don't believe the false prophets. Let's see in inverted commas for ourselves. And the only way to do that is through prayer. Because this is what true prophets will have you praying for other people. That's what Jeremiah is saying. Pray for other people. That's what a true prophet will say. Because when you start to pray, you will start to see what God sees. All right? And then Ephesians 3.20 says this, He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that you can ever imagine, dream, think about or ask. See, he's just waiting for us to put our eyes on him, ask and believe, and then we will truly start to shine as God's light here on the earth. Let's show our, our spirituality by our submission to the Holy Spirit, by our submission to the leaders of our government, whether they're right or they're wrong, whether they're communists or not, whether they're Marxists, you know what? I don't care. I just don't care. I don't live in that kingdom. I live in a different kingdom. I can pray for them. I can bless them. This is the this is the church's greatest hour. Come on, guys. Don't believe. Only God knows the motives of men's heart. Only God knows the conversations. And if God wants to tell us those conversations that are happening behind closed doors, guess what? He'll reveal it to us in prayer. But if we're too busy mouthing off in the internet, we're not going to be praying and hearing God and having his heart for people. So, guys, Melbourne Life, this is the challenge. We're going to pray. Jeremiah 29, 7, let's seek the welfare and the blessing of our city because when we pray for its welfare, we will also receive welfare and we will be blessed. All right? So that was Mother, Mama Die speaking to you this morning. So we're going to pray. We're going to end by praying and then I'm going to hand it back to the music team. But this is it. It's time to serve the purposes of God. It's time to walk in the in the power of the Holy Spirit. Grab that extra bottle of oil with you. Be ready. Not ready to protect yourself and run for the hills. No. Ready to be filled with the light of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to be a blessing to shine. Do you know what your name need you more than ever to shine right now. My neighbors need to see the peace of God and the joy of God in my life more than ever before right now. All right? And they need to hear about Jesus more than ever before. 
All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for Melbourne especially, Lord, and for those watching from other places. We, I want you all just to lift up your own cities and your own places. But, Father, in the name of Jesus, we apply the truth of your word, Lord, and we pray for the, we seek the welfare of the city, Lord, and we pray to the Lord on his behalf, Father. We ask you to bless the city of Melbourne. Father, we pray for you to bless our, our, our Premier. We pray for you to bless uh, our state politicians and the leaders and, and the medical people who are leading leading us right now father only you know what's really going on but father we ask you to move on behalf of our city you've placed us in here lord and we thank you father we are part of this and we are part of the church that is in this city so lord we stretch out our hands even now and we pray for melbourne and we ask you lord to send uh, just the spirit of god to be released over everybody's hearts and minds lord we just ask you to bring peace where there's turmoil we ask you to bring grace where there's anxiety lord to bring hope where there's hope Father, to bring joy and peace where there's domestic violence and, and, and horrible things happening behind, behind closed doors. Father, where people are looking to, to perhaps lose their job or fearing that they're going to lose everything. Father, we ask that you would move on their behalf right now. Come and sweep in, Lord Jesus, and, and move in the power of your Holy Spirit to touch people's lives. God, even now I pray for Melbourne Life people, Lord, that they are blessed. They are covenant people, Father. And I believe and I release my faith that you're going to watch over them and care for them and protect them, Lord. And I I ask you to do a mighty work in all of our hearts that we would humble ourselves, Lord, to the truth of your word, that we would seek first the kingdom of God, that we would stop uh, going into that thinking in our mind that we think we know better than everyone else. Lord, we don't know anything, Lord. All we know is you and you crucified. And we know that we are crucified with you. That's all we know, Lord. Our life is hidden in you. Lord, let that become a reality for every single one us. Let us find ourselves at the foot of the cross, Father. Let us find ourselves uh, in that place where it's complete surrender to the truth of the Word of God operating in and through our lives. And Father, I pray for a revival of your Word in our hearts and in our lives. Father, let there be a stirring of the Word of God in us this week. Let there be a stirring to pray. I pray that for every minute anyone spends on the internet, you would make them pray for five of those minutes, Lord God. Let there be the the, uh, the outpouring of the Spirit of God through each and every one of our lives on behalf of the city that you've, you've placed us in. Father, we thank you for this, Lord. We are called to serve the purposes of God in our generation. And Lord, it will be with our words. It will be with our belief system. It will be with our peace. It will be with our joy. And Lord, it will be with the stability that we have in knowing that you have everything in your hand. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo! Amen. Awesome. Love you guys. Have the best week. I'm going to hand it back now to our incredible worship team. Thank you, guys. Wow. Thank you, Jesus.